Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Should stalking be a specific offence in Irish law? A bill to criminalise it has been introduced into the Shannon and is being supported by the group Stalking Ireland and Eve McDowell and Una Ring from the group are on the line now to tell us a little bit more. Good morning to both of you and uh, Eve, um, a bit like Una, unfortunately you know all too well what the impact of this can be, don't you? You've had your own very difficult experience around it. Yeah, yeah, I was stalked for a period of time um, by a guy my age as well. Um, he ended up shaving off his beard, eyebrows and hair, attempting to empty my property a few times. And then eventually they get in and attacked my house night with a hammer. Um, and the guards also found a knife from Viagra at the bottom of the balcony as well. Horrific experience. Oh, horrendous. Yeah, it stayed with you for a long time. So... And when I heard of Una's story, I got in contact with her and we both, you know, said something needed to be done. There was no information on Stalking Ireland whatsoever, um, no websites or anything. So that was our first protocol. Um, and then, yeah, we've been lucky enough to be working on this bill at least to Chambers. So hopefully we can get some things changed. Yeah. And Una, tell us about what happened to you. Yeah, uh, I was stalked by an ex-colleague. Um, he harassed me. He, he lured me to his new place of work first and uh, made unwanted advances um, towards me. And then he messaged me for a period of six weeks. Um, and in the, that was last year. And then I reported that to the guards. And then my car was painted, the car wheels were painted pink. And then the following week, um, X's and O's were spray-painted on the window and I win was spray-painted on the windowsill and then the following morning I received the first letter um, just stating that I was being watched um, and that it was kind of sexually explicit um, and then the following week I got um, a letter stating that um, if I didn't have sex and by consent that he was going to break in and rape myself and my daughter so um, at that stage the guards um, set up a, a, an operation whereby they they were outside my house from midnight until 5am in an unmarked car. And he, on the 23rd of July, he, he came to my house with a crowbar, rake, duct tape. Um, and he had a sex toy strapped to himself as well. And he tried to break in and he was arrested on site. And he got five years, he got seven years to suspend it. And he'll be in, on probation for five years after his release. He'll be on the sex offenders registry for um for I don't know how long after after his release and there's a, a lifelong no contact order in place as well. Um, so yeah, like Eve, when I was going through it, there was no information online, there was no help out there. So I said the first thing we, we needed to do was to um, organise a website, which we did through the Cork Sexual Violence Centre. Um, and then we decided that we wanted to go that bit further and try and get the, the, the bill changed because it's, it's, it's not illegal to stalk in our, there's no law against it. Um, so that that needs to happen, you know. Yeah, we're chatting to Una Ring and uh, Eve McDowell, and, and imagine Eve that um, he, he, you know the, the the looking over your shoulder around all of this, the the, the never ending fear that must be connected to it while you're experiencing yeah, it yeah. is enormous. Well, it's not just while you're experiencing it; it's still deeply affects psychologically. You're just on high alert all the time. Um, you know, it takes. 
a while to even regulate, you know, even still I get it if I spot someone that looks remotely like him, it still stays with you. And for the courts to label that as harassment, not trying to minimise harassment, but like, I mean, it's on another level. Um, And as well in England, Scotland and Wales, 10 years ago when they brought in this legislation, they've seen a massive increase in reporting it. And the amount of people reaching out to us every week, um, every few days, there were three emails I got personally yesterday, like this is so prevalent in Ireland and I suppose this is something that was trapped under the rug. Like, oh, he's, you know, years ago they might have called them peeping toms or called someone a bit odd. But, like, you know, it, it has serious effects. And the fact that being constantly minimised and trapped under the rug or it's something that can affect people so much, it's just, yeah, it's unfair. Yeah, so so the action taken um, in both of your cases, uh, Eve and Una, was under different legislation but um, uh, I think uh, Una your view is it's just not precise enough No it's not like um, he was my fellow was prosecuted for um, criminal damage to the house and the car for being in possession of house breaking implements attempted burglary with intent to commit rape and um, harassment from February 2020 to July 2020 when he was arrested but like harassment is like I suppose when you have to seal your letterbox to prevent petrol being poured in and you have to get in CCTV cameras and you've guards sitting outside in an unmarked car for, for five hours a night, um, like that's well beyond harassment, you know, and that, that, that is that is to prevent you know, being 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 raped and murdered and that's that's well beyond harassment. That is stalking and it needs to be labelled as stalking and they need to be prosecuted as as, as stalking and like if the guards have haven't enough power either in in preventing it. Like if there was if there had been a law against stalking, like they would have been able to arrest James Steele earlier and charge him with stalking. But the fact that there was no law against it here, like they they, they could not do that. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting to see that it, I know Senator Lisa Chambers, you mentioned, uh, has introduced this bill into the Shannon. Uh, but um, Eve, the Department of Justice says the creation of a distinct offence of stalking was examined in the context of the Harassment, Harmful Communications and Related Offences Act 2020. But following consultation and in-depth examination of the current offence of harassment, it was clear that stalking behaviour is already encompassed in the current offence. That's their well, view. Yeah. The question I posed to them is then why was no action taken until he had actually broken into my house when I had made numerous reports beforehand. Um, it wasn't until the night before he broke into my house that I even made a statement because there was no statement offered to me. So, you know, we need to start validating victims' experiences as well because the psychological impacts are profoundly damaging. Um, and to have that experience defined by the court and by the government as harassment is nothing short of insulting. Um, you know, we need to start calling it what it is. We need to be able to recognise the signs earlier. Um, you know, I, I suppose you could say there is some behaviours there, but it doesn't have the same sinister obsessional fixation behind it. Mm. OK, well, listen, thank you both very much for talking to us about this. And uh, I think it's likely that what you are saying to us and what you are saying and uh, Senator Lisa Chambers is saying as well is going to keep this on the agenda in the coming months. And yeah. we, we look forward to talking to both of you uh, about how it's progressing as well. Um, Thanks very much. But thank you very, Thanks very much. We also have a petition online as well. and uh, We hit our 10,000 signatures mark, but... It takes two seconds to sign it. It's on our website, stalking.ie. And we'd really appreciate it if we can get some support on that as well.
Very good. Well, thank you both very much and we wish you the best of luck. Um, Thanks very much. Uh, Eve McDowell and uh, uh, Una Ring there from Stalking Ireland. Call Limerick Today now on 46 Hear all the biggest hits from your favourite festival stars non-stop. Live 95's Back Garden Festival is now streaming exclusively online. Listen on our app or go to live95.ie. The Back Garden Festival with Harvey Norman and JBL. Your specialist in sound this summer. There's more great savings this summer at Lidl. Like our succulent board B approved Irish pork chops were $5.99, now $4.99. And our fresh cherries were $1.29, now a third off at 86 cents per 100 grams. Plus our delicious New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc was $9.49, now only $7.99. And save even more at the checkout with the Lidl Plus app. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol responsibly. Amarga. Tugansi Baha, Slaita, Bia, Agus Fuenavdoin. Iskudarvenulati, Marnashun Ilain. Aganish, Ton Ariga Fuivagart. Tatusa de Iti, Exantalma de Laneag, Dene Counter Hosantamara, or Vargin Nisla in Tula, Agnes in Vunhe, Ectacula Dina, Gaslisha Dulra, Donaglunta, Atolitat, Isida Ariga, Querta Hurimenuil, Fuidehina, and Trucula de Viul, Turkurter Golf Punka E slash MPA, Junsknuf de Hood Realtus Nahiden. We're free. Finally, free now. Free to bump elbows again now. Free to finally see Mam, Dad, Gran. Even that weird uncle now. Free to escape the news, finally say I do, or even a first, hey you, now. Free to dance, brunch, brush up on our social skills and be as free as a city seagull now. Free to... Now, there's nothing like the feeling of being free now. Ready? Book a ride now with Free Now. And with Ireland's shortest wait times, we're always ready. Charleville brings you Live 95's Hit Mix with Shane Books. The biggest hits weekday evenings from 8. Take a 24-hour test drive in the Nissan Leaf, Ireland's best-selling electric car. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. By the way, I should say that the front page of the Irish Examiner says the government is determined that schools will fully reopen in September despite a spike in COVID cases among children and teens. And again, the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, when he was chatting to us in the first hour, reiterated that that is his expectation as well. The COVID vaccine portal is open for people aged 18 to 24 to register from today. From today, those in the age group can register for the AstraZeneca vaccine. Philip has been in touch to say, Joe, the teacher Ishik said last week that even if the so-called daily cases go to 2,000 per day, there'll be no further lockdown. And since he said that, the numbers are climbing each day. What's the betting that they will indeed go to 2,000? It's like he knows something already. Well, he does, Philip, in the sense that, you know, the, the modelling is clear on this and the reporting they're getting uh, from uh, the public health emergency team says that, yes, it is increasing and increasing. And you're, you're right in the sense that uh, the numbers we saw yesterday, you're going to see them 
certainly double. I mean, I think it'll go to 2,000 plus probably over the next week to 10 days per day. Uh, Marie says, great day in Cork, unbelievable comeback. There's a lot of what ifs. If Galan was sent off, what if uh, we got our first goal? Well, the fact is Limerick won and fair dues to that fantastic team. So proud of Limerick, honoured and lucky to witness it and to be in Cork. And Maureen says, Lazarus United, Joe. That's what the Limerick Hurlers should be called after yesterday. Here's the Lighthouse family.
Family Ocean Drive on Limerick's Best Music Mix Live 95. The sun is certainly shining at the moment. Now, parents of school-going children have been giving their thoughts on what they struggled with during the pandemic, which, of course, isn't over yet. Anxiety, coping strategies, isolation and loneliness identified as the top areas where parents felt they needed help to support their child's mental health and well-being. The information was gathered by St. Patrick's Mental Health Services and the National Parents Council Primary in recent months. And some parents listening right now might even remember the survey. And to chat more about what parents are saying is Paul Gilligan, who's the CEO of St. Patrick's Mental Health Services, Morning to you, Paul. Good morning. So an interesting part of this survey showed parents' concern over children developing trust issues as a result of the COVID-19 restrictions. Expand a bit on that for me. Yeah, I think where we're talking about trust, we're really talking about security. And I think where young people are concerned, there's been a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty. And I think that's impacting on their trust. So, you know, t- things are changing rapidly. And indeed, if you, if you if you look at where we are now, uh, we're, we're, we're now being asked, uh, children in particular are going to be asked to take on another set of um, different types of restrictions, different types of behaviours. So if numbers are going up and schools are going to open in September, then the message to children is slightly different from the message that maybe would have been given six months ago, whatever. It's not that children can't adapt. It's just that what happens is they begin to think, well, you know, uh, how long is this going to last? Uh, when will they change again? Uh, do, 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 I think security is a better word to describe that. And I think there's a general sense of insecurity with young people around what's actually happening. And uh, that transfers into maybe a sense of mistrust, but also cer- certainly a sense of anxiety. Yeah, and this was mainly the 5 to 12-year-old group. But loneliness as well, Paul, came up. I mean, was that a result of the lockdowns? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, for, for, for children, particularly primary school children, you know, socialisation with other children uh, their own age is really important. And socialisation with their cousins, with their with their extended family, is also important. Even you know the out on the street playing. That's all of that's really vital to social development, psychological development. And then, of course, you've got the additional piece of maybe not being able to see grandparents, which are which play who play a really important part in in, in a young person's life. So that that sense of isolation and loneliness is definitely has been a, a real theme throughout the last eighteen months. You know, that's not that's not a criticism of anything. It's really, I mean, where we're at at the moment is we need to acknowledge the psychological impact and we need to make sure that we're, you know, we're all doing our best to try and cope with that, that where a young person might need additional support, that they're, they're available to them. But most young people won't need that. They'll just need for somebody in their life to understand that. And parents know this and parents, you know, themselves are grappling with some of this stuff but know that they have to try and provide extra support, particularly on the psychological piece. Yeah, we're chatting to Paul Gilligan, CEO of St. Patrick's Mental Health Services. Uh, and the, the survey also gave an indication of the type of behaviour that some kids ha- had because of lockdown, you know, aggression, lashing out. So obviously these things could have well have been hidden from most other people during the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know... the. the Parents were very honest in this uh, uh, research, and I mean, I think the the primary issues coming out were things like you know anxiety. Now, with young people, 
particularly children under 12, 13, remember they don't express anxiety and depression the same as older children and adults do. They tend to do it through their behaviour. So you'll often find, uh, you, and, and there can be differences in gender, but you'll often find that children under 12, 13 can seem like they're being aggressive, that they're being obstinate, that they're being awkward, when in fact that's a demonstration of anxiety or depression. You know, get, 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 Take the example of a, of a young lad who's in fourth class. He's not doing his homework. He's going into school. He's getting flack from everybody. And then, and, but that's often reflecting the fact that he's got to that stage where he just doesn't care, where, he's, where there's no motivation. There's no awareness of the need to get positive reinforcement because he's gone into that sort of depressive mode. So I think we have to be careful to understand that those, when, when we hear about aggression and lashing out, it's often indicating a sense of anxiety or depression, and we need to try and address it at that level. Right. Now, you're hosting a free webinar later this month, aren't you? I mean, parents obviously looking for support, understandably, right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we are. And uh, if people want to connect into that, if you just go on to the Walk On My Shoes website, uh, uh, ie. And I suppose there's lots of uh, different supports out there. I mean, one of the good things about the research is it, it indicates that 20% of children uh, were receiving some form of mental health support and indeed 30% of the parents had sought information around how to support their children. And, there's, you know, the, the, I have to say the voluntary sector, the HSE, everybody has done incredible work to try and maintain services to reach out to, to uh, parents, to teachers. And indeed, parents themselves have done an incredible job to cope with the sort of levels of anxiety they're dealing with at a personal level and the losses they're dealing with and yet trying to support their kids. So we're just adding to that by really giving people an opportunity to hear about formal things they can do, uh, really advising and helping. And, and it's, a, it's, it's, it's a seminar focused on that. And if people can and, and want to, they can, they can log into that for free. Okay. Very good. Well, listen, thank you very much for telling us about the results and more importantly, the support that uh, people can get. Uh, Parents listening this morning, I think, will appreciate that. So if you log on to walkinmyshoes.ie, that's Paul Gilligan, CEO of St. Patrick's Mental Health Services, who was involved in that survey alongside the National Parents Council Primary. Call Limerick Today now on 46 1995. Curtains and burning so much Sponsorship partners, Harry Curry. You'll instantly love the exciting new arrivals in store at Children's Road Retail Park or online at harrycurry.com. Hi, I'm Liam Neeson. If you have been vaccinated, you can now give a vaccine to someone in need. UNICEF is currently delivering 2 billion vaccines to the poorest countries. So if you get a vaccine, please give a vaccine by going to unicef.ie today. Thank you. You know the name Hertz, right? Did you know that Hertz Car Sales has a wide variety of quality approved cars? On your budget, we can ensure you drive away with your car choice, pay monthly with zero cash deposit, and we take all trade-ins and offer up to €2,000 scrappage. Check HertzCarsales.ie for your nearest location. Buy from us now. Make the right move and visit Hertz Car Sales today. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Sinead from Specsavers Limerick, your local Specsavers store, where we treat every customer as an individual, finding just the right lenses for your needs. Whether you're an angler, a golfer, a painter, or just love using your phone a lot, we know what lenses will work for you. Come and see us at Specsavers Cruises Street, Castle Troy, or the Crescent Shopping Centre to find out more. 
We're following the latest guidelines on PPE and safety, and you can visit us with confidence. Live 95, keeping you healthy with Leia Health and Wellbeing Clinic Limerick. Urgent care for minor injuries and illnesses. Open 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., 365 days a year. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, we've had Sheila Killian on this show over the years, and normally it's about her expertise in tax and lecturing through her work at the University of Limerick. But she has a new novel called Something Bigger, and something seriously bigger, because it connects to the history in her own family. She's on the line. Good morning to you, Sheila. Good morning, Joe. How are you? This is a remarkable story. Tell us about this priest and what happened to him 100 years ago. Well, Jimmy was my granduncle. Um, The novel I've written from the perspective of his sister, Marcella, but both of whom lived in Birmingham, Alabama, for a period at the beginning of the 20th century when the Klan was being revived. And it was a a funny city, you know, it was was moving very fast. It had coal mines and steel mills, and it was a real up-and-coming, fast-moving city. And the Klan revived around the time of of the First World War, and it really had echoes of even the last years of the Trump presidency, you know, that kind of populism and hatred. And Jimmy found himself essentially caught in the crosshairs of the Klan because he was a very outspoken, kind of civil rights-minded individual. Uh, and the Klan were seriously anti-Catholic at the time. And he also performed a, a faithful wedding which crossed race lines. And ultimately, he, he was, um, in real life, he was shot by the Klan. Right. So this is Father Jimmy Coyle. Father Jimmy Coyle, my grand-aunt, yeah. Grand-uncle, yes. Um, and born here in Ireland? Born in Roscommon. Um, went to college in Mungret College um, and then to Rome and from there straight out to Alabama. He was in Mobile, Alabama first and then took up the reins as in charge of a parish in Birmingham at a very young age because a, an older priest who had been there for a long time died suddenly and the, the church was growing rapidly but had a lot of debt. So it was kind of challenging for him as a very young man to take that over, I think. Okay. Uh, and to be absolutely clear, the clan you refer to is the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan, yes. Not some, some friendly clan. Right. Um, and, I mean, at that time, and listen, much later in history, actually, um, the whole situation in Alabama was extremely difficult when it came to, frankly, being black there or yeah. being seen to support blacks. Exactly. And and it really has echoes of, of more recent times, Joe, you know, with the kind of the far-right movements that we've seen in in the States and even in Ireland, where like there was a huge anti-immigrant sentiment in Birmingham when people came back from World War One, and they found that their jobs had been filled and it was it, it it was really fascinating to research how fairly decent people got themselves caught up in this kind of hatred and did some terrible things. Yeah. And Father Jimmy would have been very aware of the dangers of being outspoken on this. He was. I mean, the, the threats had been made to his church before. Um, there were, and he was a, a very outspoken, very eloquent man. And he took issue with a lot of people in the newspapers and in the... In the papers at the time, you can see a, a kind of a war of words between himself and some people who were, were less kind of civil rights-minded. And I'm not sure he ever thought it would go beyond a war of words. 
Mm. Uh, was his murder investigated? His murder was investigated. Uh, it wasn't. There wasn't a lot to investigate because the the man who killed him essentially just walked up and killed him on his his porch as he was reading his bravery in the evening, and then walked down out the gate and over to the courthouse to say, "I just killed the priest." Uh, so it was, and there was a wit- there were witnesses. So it it wasn't a complicated case, but shockingly, he was acquitted. He was acquitted. He was. He was acquitted on the grounds, on, on, on racial grounds really, on grounds that, that, um, that the marriage that had been performed was something that would have driven any right-minded white American out of his mind. It was, a, it was a, it, an amazing, an amazing kind of a, an outcome for the case. That's extraordinary. What about yeah. your grand-aunt Marcella? What happened to her? Uh, Marcella um, came back, and again, I should stress that that the novel I've written is fiction, so it doesn't it doesn't follow the story precisely. Um, Marcella, I actually knew, even though these events happened a hundred years ago, um, I actually knew Marcella as a child, and I'm not that old, but she was a very old lady at the time. She moved home to Ireland, and she lived with us. Uh, she moved home around the time I was born, and she lived with us. She died when I was about sixteen. So to me, she was very much like a grandmother. And I just heard in your previous piece people talking about the importance of, of grandparents. My grandparents had died before I was born. And uh, we knew Marcella as Auntie Sis. She was my dad's aunt, but she was always called Sis because Jimmy called her Sis in that kind of southern way you might call a sister. And she told me these stories and she was a, a, a great figure in my young childhood. She taught me to read and so on. That is quite a remarkable story in every sense. I mean... There's almost a saying, got away with murder. But in this case, in yes. the case of Father Jimmy, it's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Exactly what happened, yeah. It's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's an amazing story in real life. And the novel has actually got some very nice comments from other Irish writers like Donald Ryan and Liz Nugent and Sarah Moore Fitzgerald and Dan Mooney. So I'm delighted about that. Fantastic. So it's Something Bigger by Sheila Killian and uh, it's a work of fiction of course but loosely yeah. based on this extraordinary story a hundred years ago. Finally I presume, I know you spent time in Birmingham, Alabama they know a bit about heat there. <laughs> they do know a bit about heat there. They have this thing called air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> what? seems to be very useful. What is that? <laughs> I've no idea, but they like it. <laughs> right. Very good, Sheila. Listen, well done on it. A great chat to you again in this context. Appreciate Thanks, your time and best of luck with the book. Thank you very much. Take care. That's Sheila's novel there, Sheila Killian. Something bigger. That is it from us. We're going to leave you on a high note this morning, of course. Afternoons with JP with a chance to win €500 Euro from Live 95 Summer Anthems. Mark didn't get a call back this morning, but news is coming up after that. From Megan and from me, take care. Go on, Limerick. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.